So, Gopri, good to see you again. How you doing? Nice to see you. Been been a while. It has. It was like we just said. It was the um the seventh marathon out of eight in London that you you come along with your daughter and um yeah you did did some laps. So I was really grateful for you to come along. Amazing. Still can't believe you did it. <laughs> <laughs> I've just seen as well. You've got a London marathon place, right? Yes, I can't believe it. I'm so excited. Like even I was talking to to Johnny um, we, when you were doing because we were waiting for you when we got there, right? Yeah. Uh, you were on half a lap or something. I was telling him, look whatever's happening i'm getting in somehow and thankfully i have <laughs> amazing amazing yeah i'm glad you i'm glad you got in because i know you've done the virtual one a few times um, twice twice now twice, yeah and it's, yeah it's one of those where my friend i think's got in this year it's like the eighth year of trying so i know it's really difficult to get in isn't it it's very difficult um but yeah no let's let's we'll talk probably talk about running as well at some point today but um we wanted to just invite you on just to have a a, a conversation because when we met on that on that marathon it was like we already was having conversations about mental health and parenthood and you know being a dad but equally you know the different backgrounds that we've, we've both got and the different challenges that, that come with that and you know we wanted to keep it as casual as possible and just like hit record and and see where the conversation goes but I think it would be really good to just start with a little bit about kind of your experience, your journey and whatever you feel comfortable to share and a little bit about what you do now, because I know you do some, such incredible work in the mental health space as well. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm a dad of four. So we've got two, two girls and, and two boys. And um, really from sharing my story on Instagram, like sort of four or five years ago, be, being a parent blogger, things uh, really kind of began to change for me. So traditionally I come from like work background in IT. So I used to work in the banking sector and, um, you know, used to work in technology. And, um, you know, as I said, I was a father of two um, at that point. And it really started to kind of dawn on me what I was doing with my life. Because once upon a time, I thought, you know, I'm, I'm going to be you know, climbing the career ladder, you know, driven by bonuses and, and, and everything like that, you know, all these, you know, career progression and everything like that. So I kind of hit my mid 30s and uh, call it midlife crisis or whatever you want to call it. But it was kind of dawned on me at that point. And I thought, wow, if I spend the next 30 years of my life working in this bank, you know, you know what would I have achieved? You know, I'm going to get this great oil painting or something after 25, 30 years service. But in the world, what would I have done? And it really hit me hard. And but, you know, like when you're in, in the rat race and, you know, and everything, like that, you get sucked back into it, don't you? And it, but the, and it kind of um, the, the thought kind of went down and down, but it was still there. And um, I've had my own sort of, you know, mental health struggles, um, which we would talk about later, I'm sure. But um, I suffered from low mood and um, being emotionally drained uh, for a few months back in 2013. So I managed to overcome that period. So so that was kind of I hadn't I had a knowledge of of having something and being in the shoes of somebody who would be terrified um, of not knowing what was going to happen next and feeling um you know, something internal where you just felt like everything was caving in from around you and not being able to speak to anybody about it and, and all this. So I had some experience there of that. So I was generally interested. Um, and like I said, Instagram was a big thing for me because we're fathers and I was looking at people, uh, dads. So I stopped, followed a lot of dads when I joined because I was, I was parent blogging about fatherhood. And someone was, you know, showing, you know, oh, um, I've got anxiety and I'm taking these pills for it, medication for it. I'm opening up today about my experiences. Some were talking about 
attempted uh, suicides and things like this and this was wow like major alarm bells for me because i'm thinking to myself i'm a father as well i've got a family they've their fathers they've got families what's that what's happening what's happening to their families when all this is going on so it's kind of like that really brought about an interest in finding out about this and it's one of those things where anyone will know when you start to find out about something new you start to see it everywhere and all of a sudden i could see this everywhere and people were coming up and talking to me about it and everything like this and it, the interest began to grow from there and it just happened so naturally so Guleen, my daughter she started school and i turned up there um, at the school uh, like this open day and they gave us all these leaflets and one of them was for mind and I thought it said on there about becoming a volunteer. And I thought, oh, this looks like a good place to start. So literally, um, I just, you know, contacted them and they were, you know, desperate for volunteers. So I, I became a mentor. And, um, you know, through through becoming a volunteer there, um, job became available um, working within within IAP services. And I, I just applied for it. And I, I, I could see myself, like I said, leaving uh, that career behind and going into something where you know I was passionate about it and I could see it being worthwhile um, so I've been in um, sort of mental health services for primary mental health care services for three years now um, and yeah th things just all change very quickly. Mm, it's incredible it's an incredible story and, and one of the key things that sort of stands out to me because I think a lot of fathers in particular can probably maybe relate to this is is that that transition between the secure bonus you know corporate sort of job that you had to now this role working for a charity that is more purposeful and and, and you're passionate about um I might be wrong here but I'm guessing maybe there's like a financial sort of difference between the two as well yeah. and as a as a dad it's Sometimes we feel like we have to provide, we have to protect, and, and that can be a very difficult conversation to have with our family. Was it, did you find that difficult? Have you always had that support from, from your wife and family to do what you want to do? I, I, I just said, uh, I had a conversation with my wife naturally, because changing careers is not an easy thing to do, but I was really um, kind of, in my mind, it was like, I didn't want my children to see me just paying bills all my life. Like mm -hmm. my job pays my pays the bills. It does this that, and the other. I wanted them to see like me doing something that I really wanted to do, and that was really big for me. And I, I had a conversation with my wife. You know, I got a very supportive wife, and she said, you know, because again, it's one of those things where I said, I will manage right. I'll make it work um, and everything. But obviously, naturally, um, there was there, there was a big uh, wage cut. Um, coming working from a bank to working for a charity of course but the difference is it's like you know now I would run to work <laughs> like whereas and there's a big difference that I found at the beginning right so you know when you work in corporate work in a bank or whatever you sometimes come into work and you sit from the point of entering from the front door to sitting to your desk you won't speak to anybody you just put your headphones on and just bash away crack on right and when I started working for a charity so working for mine soon as it would take me from the point I walked into the door maybe half an hour to I get to sat, sit at my desk because everyone's like how are you doing and everything and I, I wasn't used to that I was not used to, I had to adjust to, to that where everyone just wants to know how you are what you're yeah. doing and, and all these things so that was that was a big difference for me that's incredible and it's good that you had that support because I'm guessing as well, like you, you mentioned it, it's, it's, it's a, um, it's a trap that a lot of people get into. Um, I have friends who are in that trap, you know, their families, their, their dads 
I, I know a lot of people that are, where you, you get used to a certain amount of money, right? And, and you're providing for your kids. They're used to a certain lifestyle. And, and pulling away from that is very difficult because as a father, we might say we're not going to make them happy because now we can't pay for their, you know, horse riding lessons. We can't do this. We can't do that. You know, so where did your self-esteem come from to be able to say to your wife will manage because I can really relate to that my wife's very supportive I'm, I've come up with like I'm going to try this I'm going to try that you know I went from this business to now I'm going to talk about mental health and there's never been any judgment but I've always had this way of saying to her and she knows I'll make it work um so where did where did your kind of self-belief come from I think like my as I said with my my wife so she always knows that we make it work in the end it's just that belief that I have that you know that faith that you know, when you're out there and you're going to be doing something with purpose, um, things will get taken care of mm -hmm. for you. And that you have that belief where, you know, you just um, go, you don't have that fear and that doubt because, you know, like with, with children as well, and I, like they come with a destiny. I believe that, that when they're born, mother-in-law said this to me, like, don't worry about when your children come to this world because they're coming in with their own destiny and they're taken care of in ways that you just won't know about. And that's so true because they, they are taken care of. It's like, you know, you can have all these money worries. You can have all these other stresses, but they come on their own and they, they you know, they, they, you manage, right? You, you, you get by and, you know, you might have to make certain compromises and things like this. But now I was working locally, which was great. And that was the other thing I said, look, I'm going to be, I'm going to drop the kids off to school in the morning every day, which I wasn't able to do before and, and different things like that. But it's just that you have that, you know, that, that faith, inside you that so it's unshakable um that you know it's going to work and the other thing is as well um coming out of of working in a bank where everything is done for you i've come out of my comfort zone massively because i've grown in so many different ways and you know i'm i'm doing lots of different businesses on the side as well now from that and becoming my own boss and doing lots of other things which i never would have done before because there just wasn't that opportunity there and, and i i saw that you posted something the other day when you're talking about your dad and you said that after that you basically you know have always run your own business um and that's a big thing to to do it's, it's a really um it kind of does set you free and i'm sure you feel like that as well that you know and obviously it comes with its stresses and its ups and downs as well but it's really something that when you step over the line and you experience it then you, you don't want to go back the other way mm, yeah it's so true and it's like you know I, I really want to touch on the faith element as well because that's something that um is a, is a conversation I feel like we need to have but equally you know the reason why I started, my first business was always about money if I'm being brutally honest but it, it was also very much about um freedom yes. and I back then 2009 2010 I'm sure you remember it it was like seeing someone with a laptop on a beach making money and I was like wow that looks cool right um and I think a lot of me wanting to create freedom was because my dad didn't have that like he was an engineer leave house before I even woke up came home go for a run I'd see him then he would work in the evenings because he had like a, a side business as a physiotherapist and so my dad was very driven by money he had a very strong work ethic um and and when I thought about my dad, as I mentioned in that post, my dad was saving for retirement at 50. It took his own life at 45. And it was like, there was almost a rebellious side to me at 18, 19 after my dad of, I'm not doing that. Like here I am in this similar role to you, like IT, you know, everyone in an office, no one's asking me how I am. I don't want to tell them how I am. And I just needed to get out of that. And I think I was 
driven by that that freedom um but even now with the business that i do i feel like there's always as you say i'm still in gym stuff because i haven't had time to you know having a time to have a shower it's not as it's not as glorified as people make out but at the same time when you have that that drive that purpose you'll always find like you know the reason to get up in the mornings and and that desire to to keep making things work and keep going um and i guess that comes back to them faith as well right so with with i really like what you said about faith and you know in terms of religion is is religion something that as a dad yourself that's something that you focus a lot on yeah i mean to be honest we we call it more like a it's like a way of life ultimately um because religion sometimes you know is um kind of looked at in the world as being man made and it's looked at as kind of like um something that you practice in certain places mm. which means that you know you might go to a place of worship and you might be religious but you might be different at work or at home so it's mm. more like a, it's a way of life um the sick way of life we call it um so it's it's basically it's ingrained it's like your routine it's like when you wake up in the morning you brush your teeth right you just do that without that that's something you just do right um and faith is exactly that um it's a way of life but you're you're ultimately showing um you know your children that this is who we are right this is um this is what we believe in this is what we practice this is this is our way of life um and within that um you, you're looking at what what you're doing and how you're contributing um to society uh, almost um but it's a key thing about everything is external right we believe right um and we never look internally right and this is what uh, our way of life is basically telling us that everything is inside you and this is where the biggest reflection point is where you know you reflect on your your emotions your behavior your actions your thoughts everything internally and there's very little that can go on externally that can basically disturb us it's mm -hmm. all inside us there's like another world internally where we know when you meditate and everything like that you go inside there's there's everybody knows like you know we've got like we you know mind chatter and everything like that um internally you know how how we take things um it's almost can be it can be a conflict sometimes because you're acting one way on the outside internally you feel differently so it's about getting in touch with your inner self ultimately there is is um is faith is a way of life and that's in that belief that unshakable belief that we're not just kind of um just going through life like that like the spirit is just going like that yes there's ups and downs but we want to be rising all the time like our spirit wants to be rising so this is where like you know you're coming in with um being being a learner uh improving every day and you know trying to learn from your mistakes and trying to improve and let's talk about a world where we compare everything um ultimately trying to be content with yourself where you're you're not comparing yourself to anybody else you're trying to improve yourself every day um to become better um and and this is this is what we try to teach our children um and we've actually also got a community online of parents that we've been running for the last year called seek parenting where we are trying to our tagline is raising spiritual children together uh, mm -hmm. where we focus on this a lot because everybody's interested now in in wanting this for their children all of a sudden because it was different for 
for you know as you said you know your parents work the time same with our parents are working all the time to make ends meet they they didn't have that opportunity to sit down with us and say you know take time out because they were paying the mortgage they were doing all these other things that they were trying to do that life was different then now we do like I said you've got your own business you know things like that there is that little bit of time where we have to, we can sit down with our children we can talk to them we can find out what's going on uh, in their lives uh, and and, ha- and you know support them in, in what they want to do um, and you know take them to these clubs and do all these other things with them that that our parents didn't have the opportunity to do with us so trying to incorporate and ingrain all of that really trying to make it fun for them as well yeah it's really cool it's really got me thinking as well because you know whenever i ask a question around religion i'm being authentic with you i'm always like i don't know whether i should ask it this way or that way and it's like do you tread it tread it because i always say i'm not religious right i'm not religious but equally what you just shared there is very much how i live my life and what i mean by that is i'm i'm you know the the big thing that helped me when i was at my lowest was a lady called Anne, and Anne's very spiritual um irish lady and again, she she got me onto. I'm sure you've heard of these guys like Wayne Dyer and Michael Singer and um, Sad Guru and, and people like that, right? And you know, I was really, I was really, I don't know, I was really drawn towards that, and I still am, because I, I I'm doing a lot of work around like surrendering and letting go, and you know, working on the internal side because what happens externally you can't always control. But I'm always battling, and I'm sure you know this as a dad yourself. I'm always battling with the external and the internal, right? It's like. I'm going to be this peaceful, let go, surrender to everything. And then all of a sudden now I am like trying to control my kids that are having a, a little bite. And then I'm trying to like work loads because I've got to make sure that I don't lose this client. And then it's like bringing yourself back to it. So if you don't mind, it's a bit of a selfish question. How do you consistently ingrain that lifestyle into like what you do? And, and, and as a parent, like, is there certain practices that you use to constantly bring yourself back to that? this is the thing um there's no um it's not perfect as you said there's always things that are going on life is happening where you know um the philosophy that you have is tested all the time right um because you know you can you can get angry uh, you can uh, lose your patience you can do all these things when um kids are being kids right you know the kids don't understand you've got zoom meeting uh, right now and it's important because you've got client or whatever it is and you need to kind of realize that and it's taken me some time to realize that that my children however they are they are like that and they're children and you have to apply the perspective and some context on that that they're at their level and in their shoes so it's almost like looking uh, at the world through their eyes or ultimately and what what do they see what do they feel uh, about what what it is that you're doing and what you're teaching them and you know they want your attention you know that you know that anyway they want your time so it's not nothing bad um that where that goes but the key thing is like always reflecting on it so things like journaling um and thinking that not what i've learned as well is is a big thing for me not trying to um you know something happens uh trying to resolve it straight away in my mind um try and sit with sit with it is a big one um you know i'm i'm training to be a coach at the moment as well conscious parenting coach at the moment family coach and that's one thing uh, that you hear all the time people say sit with your emotions mm-hmm. it's difficult to do that as a man because you want to everything processed straight away and dealt with and nice and you know neatly you know dealt with and, and it's difficult to sit with things so something i'm learning with is uh, is sitting with with things and not being in a rush to resolve 
things that have happened maybe or how I've reacted to something or something that's gone on sitting with it and 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 knowing that and and again having that faith and that belief that at some point I'm going to deal with that whatever it is I don't need to uh, be anxious and stressed about dealing with something that's happened today right at this moment in time because I've got other things I need to do uh, right now when the time comes that's going to sort itself out and have that belief that you kind of um when when you're ready to deal with it you deal with it um and not being in a rush because that's the biggest thing I used to have before and these needs to be processed now uh, whatever's happened needs to be dealt with and acknowledged and kind of put to one side almost so I can carry on with my life um, mm. but now I'm okay with these things and the biggest thing that you said before is talking about meditation right we we very quickly try and resolve things in our mind because our mind is our friend, right? It's very helpful. It tells us what to do. It reminds us of things, right? So our body is connected with our mind straight away because uh, our our mind is telling our body what to do and et cetera, et cetera, right? But inside us, we've got our soul as well. And we've got our our feelings inside, how we, how we feel things, you know, when we get butterflies, when we, you know, get pins and needles, when we get all these things inside us, don't we? So when when something happens in our life where uh, it affects our emotions we feel it in an inside we mm-hmm. all feel it inside somewhere and it's about f- um trying to f- figure out where that's coming from like inside us and that's that's that comes with sitting with it and saying look um you know i'm feeling angry or i'm feeling sad or i'm feeling whatever you're feeling where where does that come from in your body where do you feel that mm. and home in on that it's hard to do it's not easy to do but it's something that you you oh, I'm feeling this here like it's trying to resolve it you can resolve it here rather than quickly like whatever the mind is telling you like mm-hmm. to and it's and that's necessarily not the right thing all the time we're reacting to things all the time mm-hmm. and the reaction is where kind of especially with the kids when you react to the kids all the time you have to it takes so much more to bring it back every time like a constant reaction so these are some of the things again look it's not perfect but that's acknowledging that as well that it's not perfect and that's okay what does it look like uh it's how it's meant to look like mm, so true yeah i saw something on your instagram the other day that i really resonated with i think you took your kids to um a toy shop or something like that or the supermarket and one of them was kicking off and you know screaming and throwing a tantrum and and you could feel like those emotions rising of like oh what do i do embarrassment and then you kind of I think sat with it and you know and then it kind of like eased up right and um you know as a dad myself I relate to situations like that you know I took all three of mine to to Waitrose the other day and figured out that my five-week-old doesn't like the cold in Waitrose and just scream the whole way around and it's like everyone's looking at me they're like oh god they're probably in my mind I'm like they're thinking to myself does this guy know what he's doing like you know he's he's got to shut that baby up that baby's too loud and all of this stuff runs through your mind but actually it's just sitting with it and it's you know being at peace with it and almost for me not fighting against it it's like just sit with him he's going to stop crying soon get out of waitrose <laughs> you know give him a cuddle and then, then he was fine and um something you just mentioned there which is I think it's a really important lesson and something that i'm still learning is 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 managing emotion um because you know, I, I was brought up by a dad who didn't cry, a granddad who didn't cry, right? So probably similar to you. So emotions always been very difficult for me. And I'm very vocal about, let's talk about our emotions. Let's, you know, be vulnerable. But I remember when I lost my granddad a few years ago and um, we went to his house with my wife and she just looked at me and she was like, Paul, just cry. 
And I'm like holding it back. I'm like, no, 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 I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. And it's, she's like, you tell everyone to cry, but you're still not crying. Right. And there's, there's that moment I realized, you know what? She's right. It's like, I still struggle to show emotion. And what I didn't realize myself doing as a dad, and I'm sure you can relate to this, is when my kids were crying, I would want to stop them. Mm-hmm. And I don't mean stop them in the fact of like, shut up, stop crying or, or stop crying. It's weak. I would never say that. But it was more like, solve it for them like you just highlighted right you know why don't we do this why don't we come and do this oh, oh you know stop crying it's gonna be fine why don't we go out and play football in the garden and it was like i had to resolve it there and then and what i realized is i'm resolving it there and then because i can't deal with their emotion it's like that's triggering something inside of me i can't sit with that i don't want to sit with that i want to stop them so then i feel better about myself and actually you know, I realized that was a massive mistake because like when that happened to me as a kid, that had big impacts on me growing up as well. Um, and I want to touch on something you mentioned at the beginning. I think it was what your mother-in-law said to you about every one of your children have their own destiny. Um, I struggle massively with that. Like my my biggest fear is that my kids will struggle with their mental health and it sounds really drastic, sadly, take their own life. And it's because I'm surrounded by this stuff every single day. and And I'm so conscious of like, what my wife says to them, what I say to them, what's going on at school, that I almost, again, try and over control the situation that sometimes makes it worse. So how do you really kind of remind yourself to know that their destiny is 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 taken care of, that we can't do everything for our kids, even though we want I think, to? I think um, just before I answer that, just go back to what you were saying, because I remembered something else um, that, with that pressure that you said. Um, and I felt this as well, like, um, with my wife, whenever she would talk to me, um, just about how she was feeling in my mind, I would think I need to resolve it. How am I going to resolve this? Like everything. Right. And sometimes I'd be quiet and it's almost like she was like, are you listening to me kind of thing in that way? And then after a while, I realized that she just, it was okay for me to just listen to her without giving a solution every Mm -hmm. single time that we're programmed to, right. Find a solution and to just, sit with it and and that she sometimes feels better after being listened to as well rather than me jumping in there trying to you know fix everything and and what you said about the kids as well is really something I'm massively still learning as well before I used to really care what people thought about me when I went out in the shops and the kids were just you know being kids right and I used to be like oh my god like you know what's going on in this shop and this that and the other and and stuff like that and um, what you mentioned about with the emotions as well, it's like, um, you know, it's, it's not caring almost what people think about and judging you because that's what you're, you're, you're feeling judged that these people don't think I don't know how to control my children mm-hmm. and, and, and things like that. And then it's, when you set yourself free from that, it's, it's still difficult. It's not easy to manage a situation when your kids like rolling around on the floor, having a tantrum and everyone's looking at you. And if you're thinking, oh, if I just buy a miss and that'll be enough, but mm-hmm. that's not, that's not fixing, uh, you know, uh, what we call fixing, uh, curing, where we need to connect with them. Like mm-hmm. at some point we're going to connect with them and we're going to make that breakthrough and you're going to remind them. And like I said to him, look, when we came here, we decided that together you were going to get, something like this because this big lego avengers you're getting for your birthday from your grandparents it's like reminding him like that to the point to connect and it said going to his level and talking to him and trying to connect with him to the point that you know then then his siblings got involved as well and they were like oh you know you're trying to back me up as well which was great because that helped situation all kind of pull in one direction with it this is 
is finding that connection. But what you were saying there is about the destiny and everything like that. And, and yes, look, you know, we would love our children to um, adopt all of our principles and everything like this and live a life like we want to and things like that. It's our responsibility. So it's your responsibility. It's my responsibility to be worried about them, to take care of them, to, you know, provide for them, to nurture them, to do all of that stuff. It's our responsibility, right? Um, but at some point, we know that, you know, um, they're going to go their own way and make their own decisions, right? And do their own things. So it's difficult, but you can look yourself in the mirror and say, I've done everything I could do. There's no stone I left unturned, ultimately, um, in the way. Because we sit as well, like people say to us, are oh, you raising your children in faith? Like, you know, what happens when they say, oh, I don't want to do that or I'm not interested or what are you going to do? Like they, they give it like it's like some sort of like drama from EastEnders, like some conundrum. Or what are you going to do? Like, you know, oh, my God. And I'm like, look, you know, I'll know that look, we did everything we could while they were in our care. We tried our best. You know, we were responsible, everything. And look, you know, ultimately they made their own decision. And that's OK. It might be hard for us to deal with it, but that's our issue. We need to deal with that. Mm -hmm you know, whatever it is. And it's like, it's not saying that you don't care. And it's like you leave everything up to destiny and, and, and everything like that, you know, but there has to be some point where you um, kind of back away a little bit and say, look, this was their, their destiny, or they, they were going to go in this direction, but almost like as well, you know, that they, you know, they can come back as well, they can change their mind, they can do whatever it is that they're going to do in their life. But yeah, knowing that as a parent that you've, You've done as much as you can. We can always do more, but you tried your best. Uh, whatever that looks like is different for everybody else, right? You try your best, um, and you know, you you know, you let nature take its course ultimately. But you're always there for them. Mm, yeah, it's so true. And there's a there's a quote that I heard, and it really made me think about how I was parented as well. Which was, um, when I was growing up, I didn't realize I was watching my parents grow up as well, hmm. and it was like. I remember thinking back to the times of my mum and dad and I'm like my mum's got all the answers my mum was such a, a nurturing mum right and she was you know someone who was so caring for me and my brother she'd take me to football she'd take us to school you know she was so nurturing um you know my dad you know he was he was a great dad as well right um but equally they both had their challenges you know my my dad obviously was dealing with probably you know a mental illness that we didn't know about which obviously led to his suicide but also my mum you know, she struggled with, you know, her, her past experiences and, and alcohol and, and things like that as time went on. And, um, you know, and I think back when I became a dad and I was like, my mum was like 20, 21 when she had me, right? Or it's 22. And I'm like, I remember being like five thinking my mum's got all the answers. She's like this hero. And she's like 26, 27 years old. <laughs> like, she's still young and figuring stuff out herself. And it's like, I'm very vocal about that with my kids. Um, I'm, I'm okay with being vulnerable being like I'm sorry you know I made a mistake here or shouldn't have shouted at you like that last night you know I was just I took a lot of stuff from work to home and I shouldn't have done that and and I think being vulnerable with our kids is really important as well because I feel like they need to understand that like we haven't got it all figured out they might think that we have but we haven't is that something that you do as well you're open vulnerable there's something that um that I love that quote by the way so mm. true and we are doing it now, but there's something that um, uh, really hit me hard uh, at that point <clears throat> when you talk about that being vulnerable. Um, I was doing, uh, when I started my Instagram account, Seek Dad, uh, every month I would do an interview with a different Seek Dad. Mm -hmm. And uh, one month um, there was somebody who said that their dad was their best friend, still now to this day. 
And I was like, wow, I was really intrigued by that. And he told me why. He said, my dad is still my best friend because when we were growing up, he shared his highs and his lows with us. Mm. And that, that really, like, I was like, wow, right in here. Like when I was like, my God, wow. Uh, and who doesn't want their child to be their best friend, right? So I'm yeah, thinking, you know, how do we manage that? And this is the key thing, is you said, vulnerability to show, look, hey, my dad is human right and and look I've, I've been a dad for 13 years now you've been a dad for probably similar to that right now and who told who told us then certainly didn't tell me that when a child is born a dad is born as well mm-hmm. we just expected to you know um know everything and do everything and i do talk about this as well because you know i was figuring out i just we'd only been married not long i was figuring out how to be a husband and mm-hmm. be a dad then and i was you know i was you know, I never gave myself enough credit for it. Like I learned how to change a nappy, learned how to bath, I learned how to do all these things, right? But I was still felt like under pressure. And I, I, as the years went on, I felt I was a bad dad. I, I didn't think I was that good because like, you know, when I was like, holding her, everyone was like, oh, you're not supporting a neck properly. Mm-hmm. You're, not, you're not doing this. And, and I felt like, you know, my dad was like, oh, why are you changing a nappy for at the beginning and things like that. And I never gave myself any credit for those things that I did because of that sort of expectation. Uh, it's a really interesting one, but you know, this is the thing, normalizing it with the kids. Look, you know, I'm, I'm into this now. Uh, I'm learning about this mm-hmm. and you share it with them. You know, you, you share with them what's according to their age to make it interesting for them to, to make them a part of your life. Ultimately yeah. with that vulnerability as well, look, you know, you run your own business, you know, it's not, you, know, you have good days and bad days you talk about what those good days and bad days look like not to the point where you're just dumping everything on them mm-hmm. like to you know and leaving them with it but just just giving them like a bit of a snapshot of what your life looks like as well as well as hearing about what their day looks like and allowing them to be vulnerable as well it's mm-hmm. difficult because you want to fix everything as a parent as well when they say oh look I had an issue at school with someone this is happening da 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 is going on and you want to you know because they're coming to you as well like we went to our parents with you know we want answers straight away and sometimes the answers aren't there straight away and the learning happens over time but with this as well just to add this in there as well like I felt like my eldest she's a teenager now she's 13 so I'm going we're going through that phase uh, we have been for a little while as well to be honest and I, after a while I figured out look when I'm going in there with my stories she's just switching off <laughs> she's she's gone right and and I thought, what? This isn't working, right? So then I was like, you know, when the situation comes, I had to back away from all these stories. Like, you should be grateful for this because you've got this, and I didn't you know all this lot, right? Um, you should keep your room tidy and everything like that. To the point that when uh, she comes to me with something, I say, well, Dad, this has happened, right? Um, what do I do here? Then you put those stories in. Then yeah. you put that wisdom in there because she's coming to you and it's topical as well she needs to know that's when it has more of an impact rather than you just every time like just saying oh you know you should be doing this you know i you know compare the comparison and the things mm-hmm. like that you know i, I learned that massively and it's it's where you kind of you let them be as well a little bit as best much as you can but don't let them go too far yeah. um to the point that because if you're always correcting them all the time and you're always you have to look at what your relationship is like with them so your relationship is like you're always complaining to them you're always telling them off you're always you know it's you have to sometimes look at it from and this is where you need to get advice to talk to other parents 
Mm. It's hard to do that. I know because you don't want to be vulnerable with other parents as well and share with them, look, what are we doing? This is what we do as a community. We share with other people and say, um, you know, this is what we're doing with our kids. You know, so, you know what do you think about this? Why don't you do? Because there's so much competition between parents as well, which makes it difficult for the children because the children are still young. They don't get that, oh, I, if I pass this exam, this is going to happen in my career. They're still 11 years old. They're doing 11 yeah. plus and things like that, where, you know, it's not about holding that information away from other people and saying, well, I want my child to flourish and be better than your child. This happens in communities where people are really close together. That's why online, on Instagram and other communities that we've got and things like that, that strength is there in strangers. And that support is there in strangers where you want your children and other people's children to flourish, other people's families to, to flourish as well. Mm. And again, it's like, it's like vulnerability with other parents, isn't it? Like, you know, talking about your 13 year old, you know, Freddie's 13 next month. And it's, you know, I'm relating to the stuff you're saying, right? And it's like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm the wisdom dad that comes in with like, right. <laughs> Let me embark some wisdom on you, son. But, um, but yeah, and then like, obviously, it's, it's really difficult, because like you say, I love that about being, being their best mate. And, and that comes with like, authenticity and vulnerability, because, you know, I feel like I do that pretty well with Freddie. But at the same time, I definitely am always like trying to I think parents do, right? You try and mold them into something that you 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 see as as the right thing, but actually, as you say, it's it comes back to that letting go, having faith, um, knowing that they've got their own sort of destiny and 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 trusting in that. And yeah, I think that's a really key lesson for a lot of people, and it's very difficult to do because we want to control everything, right? We talk about this in the workplace, but also outside of the workplace, there's so much control that our minds are trying to to latch onto. And I find still personally myself, the hardest one is being a parent. It's like that control that I feel like I need for my kids is far greater than work and everything else now. So it's like, again, that reminder of like letting go and kind of surrendering to, to what will be will be. And, and like you said, we're, we're just doing our best, right? That's all you can do as a dad. Yeah, absolutely. It's like you're sort of custodian like, of them, like you're, you're, that this is in in our culture as well service is is very big big mm -hmm. thing it's it's like um it's close to like godliness basically when when you're doing things for other people and not getting anything in return is a big thing it's like in our dna it's, mm -hmm. it's it's a huge thing um and this is what we're doing with our children we don't say to our children oh you know i i'm getting this for you i'm doing this for you and you know we we do it as as a parent uh, just out of the goodness of our heart right because we do it selflessly for them we don't even mention half the things we do for them because we don't we don't want anything in return for for taking care of them ultimately um this is a big biggest thing that we we're actually doing without even realizing so we're actually doing so many selfless acts being mm -hmm. a parent um because we we don't want we're not asking them for anything in return really and when but when we do want things in return from it this is this is a problem uh, as well because that like, we can take them out and you know spend hundreds of pounds on them on a day and then when we get home they start misbehaving you know like how i spent 500 600 pound today on you and you can't even behave now you know do you see what i mean when we start on that exchange there and we forget about the whole day that we spent out with them and it was great we shouldn't want that in return like we want them to behave all of a sudden and the whole day is ruined because mm -hmm. they're throwing a wobbly in the car on the way home or whatever so it's like, but again, look, 
this is that I've been a dad for 13 years. I'm learning these things now mm. um, as well. And this is the key thing as well that, you know, when you're going to be like, I look at my parents now, I'm sure, you know, with, with your, with your mom and your, uh, with your wife's parents potentially as well, like grandparents as well. It's a different stage of, <laughs> of life, isn't it? Like different relaxed time where like, we will be there as well at one point, right? Where it's, you know, yeah. that you can in, get that enjoyment as well it, to the point, you know, where you've done and you, you're still going to, however, however old our kids are, right? We're still going to be like we, you know, with our parents and, and whatever, right? This, you, you still don't switch off from it no matter how old they get i'm sure everyone always tells us that right that i've got children older than us they always say the same thing you're still always going to worry about them right yeah yeah i still text my mom every day she still texts me every day it's like yeah it's so true um i've got one more question to ask you actually because it, it comes back to kind of a lot of what i i try to do but there's a lot of emotions and feelings that come with that as a dad um, and that's looking after yourself. So, you know, what do you do to kind of look after you, yourself, your own mental health? And how do you kind of deal with the, the potential feelings of guilt and selfishness that come with that? You know, again, there's a, and I always share a story in one of my talks, like I go for my run in the morning, or I'll go for a walk, or I do something for me, headphones in, it's important that I'm staying on top of my mental health. And Teddy, you know, my my five-year-old would be like, oh, don't go for that run again, you're always running, right? And it's like, ah, oh, pulling on your heartstrings of like, oh, and, and then you're running and you're thinking to yourself, yeah, maybe I'm not a good dad. Maybe I shouldn't be running as much as this. Maybe I should be spending time with him. Um, how, how do you navigate through a lot of those feelings? So what I'd normally do is like in a, in a work week, like Monday to Friday, that's my main time to, you know, when I get time throughout the day to do things for myself, to take care of myself in a way where, you know, I'm always trying to like personally develop as well. Mm. And that can get tiring as well. Cause I know you're into that as well. You can want a break sometimes you need a day off from, uh, you know, expanding, <laughs> you know, and um, putting it out there to the universe and things like that. But I'm generally interested in self-improvement, personal development um, and, you know, reflection um, and learning about mind, body and soul, everything, uh, educating myself to to have it because I've really got that now, whereas I didn't have that before. I was mm -hmm. just very happy just floating along in life all of a sudden and you know as well when your mind shifts that way it doesn't come back right? mm -hmm. it's going that way now so it's like full steam ahead that way um and you know i stop i have to be honest i've stopped watching a lot of tv i used to watch i used to watch a lot of football like match mm -hmm. after match after match yeah i stopped i've stopped doing that now because there's so my time is spent elsewhere in in doing other things but you know like you said with running as well now so like you know i'm trying to I've got my 16 week plan now for the marathons mm. it's 16 weeks away. Right. So I'm thinking, how am I going to fit four or five runs in, in a week now, all of a sudden, cause I'm not been, I do the park run once a week. I'll be honest with you. Right. And I'm thinking, how am I going to fit this in now as well on top of all these other things that I'm doing as well. Right. And there's the guilt there because then you're not spending time with the children and things like that. But ultimately, um, if your candle's not lit, you can't light their candle in that way. So if you're not taken care of, you're not taking care of yourself you're feeling drained you're feeling exhausted you're feeling what's the point of everything because that's what happens eventually when you just get and maybe you need to take a break if you're feeling like that but if you're if you're kind of thriving yeah and you're kind of you know you have that energy about you then they pick up on that as well it's infectious as well so i'm always conscious that i need to be knowing more every time and and giving them some of that as well making them a part of that 
as well. But the, the guilt is always there. But I think, you know, like family time before I used to look at family time as, you know, mummy days, daddy days, we take them out, we spend the whole day with them. And this is this is what that is classed as. But, you know, like when we're just at home, that's also family time as well. So it doesn't have to be like, organ yes, we do organize stuff, but that's important as well. So I think that whatever time you do have with the kids, right? Because everybody's setup is different. So we're talking about it from a marathon point of view, like some people that in their life, they might be single, they can come home, they can eat right, they can run, they can do everything is in, in, in a tick box, like in a pocket, right? But our life is not like that. We can't compare ourselves to them, right? We have to fit in wherever we can, right? And if that's at nine, 10 o'clock at night going for a run, then that's so be it, right? You know, and, and you, when you need to be relaxed about that, and I, I try to be relaxed about that as well and know that not to get frustrated. So I basically leave my weekends as no schedule. Mm. Like if I can do my habits, if I can do my whatever it is, my journaling, my whatever it is that I do, yeah, as part of my routine, fantastic. If I can't, then I'm going to go back to it on Monday mm. and know that, you know, like it's not always going to be like that. Your life is not always going to be like that. You need to allow for, for that, especially with your family. Um, but the guilt side of it is always going to be there. It's all, the doubt, the fear is always going to be there as a parent. The imposter syndrome, all of these things, they're, they're always going to be there. But I think you, everyone's got their own way of coping with it, their own coping mechanisms. So whatever works for you, works for you. Whatever works for me, works for me. And you know, know that you're ultimately, like I said, that energy that you have around them is the key thing for me that mm. they always know like when they get to the age like my eldest knows what, what my dad's into and the others will know as they grow up as well what's he like mm. yeah, what does he you know you can't hide that from them yeah so that's what you know again look i'm i'm still learning as well look, i'm 39 now so i'm gonna be 40 next year so see mm. what that brings right <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's, such, it's so true. And it's, I'm glad you said that because it made me think about how I often beat myself up if I'm working a lot or, you know, I'm out running, working a lot. But but every majority of nights for the last, I don't know, few months, I've I've put Teddy to bed, my five-year-old, and with a little joke around and, you know, we've had that little conversation and, you know, and I've sat at the top of the stairs as he's like, you know, trying to go to sleep. And, and it's those little moments that you you neglect that you're being a dad because it's like, oh, but I've seen this other dad on Instagram who's just took his kids to this theme park and done that and done that, right? Um, so I think it's like recognising those little moments of like when we're with our kids and how quality those times can be. But then secondly, like again, and I'm dropping loads of quotes here, but there was a quote that I read, which was, um, teach your kids by what you do, not by what you say. And um on, I think it was my fifth marathon out of the eight in Birmingham and I was like really struggling running up all these hills and I remember just having my dad in my mind but what I had in my mind of my dad was him just running running up hills like I used to watch my dad run every weekend my mum would take us he'd run he was like an incredible runner and just seeing him run up hills run up hills run up hills run like all the time not for one minute did those wisdom conversations with my dad kick in like what you just shared a minute ago right it's like Never, never through that moment did I think about that piece of advice that my dad gave me or that statement that my dad made. It was always like what I saw of him. And it's the same as my mum, like how caring she was and how given she was to other people. So like, I think you've just highlighted there. It's like if our kids see that, it's infectious, isn't it? Like there's, 
they're seeing us like look after ourselves and, and do a job that you love and give to people. That's far greater than living in a job or being in a job that we're miserable about, you know, not looking after ourselves, having time with them, but not making it good quality time, I'm sure. Children see children do, isn't it? Yeah, so true. So true. I could come, I could have a conversation about his lives, to be honest, <laughs> but, um, but I'm conscious of time because we've only got two or three minutes. But if possible, just to wrap things up, could you share a piece of advice that you've been given in the past or you've heard or you've seen or whatever it could be um, that's that's just really resonated with you? Uh, I think I've got two just quickly short ones, but one uh, is always be yourself and don't do something just because somebody else is doing it. The key thing is to me, I grew up uh, a lot conscious of what was going on around me and not, I was never myself. It was mm -hmm. only when I kind of got you know uh, I discovered my faith a little bit and then I got married after that my wife kind of you know I felt that she was with me for who I was and that allowed me to kind of accelerate my own sort of personality so always be yourself it can be difficult at times when you're around certain people that don't allow you to be yourself but I would persevere with that because you will find the people uh, to be around that take you for who you are uh, mm -hmm. ultimately the other thing is as well you know um anybody who's going through something difficult um i've been through something difficult you have other people have as well and the, the amazing thing is once you get through that stage you have a new sense of fearlessness um, mm. a new sense of belief a, a feeling that you can achieve anything and it's i would never wish the bad times on anyone i would if i if i could i would take that out of what happened to me yeah mm. But through that is how I've actually been able to change and improve and do everything I do today is because of that reason, mm -hmm. because of what happened there, because that made me, that showed me that I had the strength to get through something so difficult. So anybody who's ever gone through something difficult is basically, you know, and you look at all the you know, people you've spoken about, anyone who's achieved, someone achieved anything, if you look at them, they've always been through that time. I think it's J.K. Rowling or somebody said that um, when you hit rock bottom is the best foundation to build yourself up from, something like that. But when you hit that place where you're like, oh, my God, this is, you know, whatever it is, if you can navigate that somehow um, and get through that by just thinking of the one, one thing, that's going to basically spark something for you, the, the person you're closest to, or the thing you believe in the most, or whatever it is, one thing that you can believe in, or you don't have to have to believe in it that much, something that gives you some sort of joy, or whatever it is that you can build up from again is really important. But I can't stress that enough that literally, once you can ride that period out, get through that period somehow, that after that, it, it, would, it will really change, change things for you. Yeah, I love that. So good. So good to have a conversation with you again. And we need to carry this conversation on. Um, but yeah, yeah, find, where, where can people find out more about you? Obviously, your Instagram handles, all of that jazz. Yeah. So, yeah. Seek Dad on Instagram mainly. For, from there, you'll see like the link tree and everything. So every, everything is there. So yeah. I really appreciate your time. And like I say, we'll have to catch up again soon. I definitely really appreciate your time. Thanks for having me on.